This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, covering Ipswich Town since 2015. My name's Richard Woodred and you join me for a special show looking ahead to the new season for ITFC Women. Joining me, first ever women's professional at Ipswich Town Football Club, Sophie Peskett, and media officer, Kieran Stanley. Good evening to both of you. How are you? Sophie, let's start with you. It's pre-season. You must be loving life right now. It's like the first day of school, isn't it? Yeah, honestly, it's so good to be back, like just seeing everyone. And obviously with like the hard year we've had, like, it's just amazing to be back. And tough is it as well? As yeah, fun and... got us doing a lot of running, but yeah, it's all good. It's the time of year for running. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. And Kieran, this this kind of setup, this is not going to be unfamiliar for you. You're a familiar face and a voice potentially to a few people. You've got history podcasting, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've done quite a few things. Um, started off kind of doing podcasts and, and radio a few years ago before moving into uh, more club-based stuff and got the opportunity at the club four years ago. So since then, I've kind of not been doing as much, but um, yeah, I'm sure, you know, a, a few people might recognise my voice from interviews and, and previous things I've done in the past. Just don't be critiquing my technique. I, I've, I've, I've cobbled together. I'm just about capable now that will do for me um so the purpose of of the this show is is and straight from the off I, I need to kind of come clean that i class myself as an armchair supporter of itfc women um i've done some research it's probably not going to be very good so you can both correct me on that kind of stuff um but given the kind of the positivity around the club as a whole um particularly um also in the women's game off the back of the world cup in 2019 but also fantastic news from the summer of um, promotion to the third tier it's a great time to try and get people interested there'll be a lot of people similar to me watching or listening who just want to get up to speed really so i'm hoping that you can both help me 
in that respect. Um, let's start with you, Sophie, because it's a whirlwind kind of 18 months, as I said, for the club. But the big news, really, as, as well as the promotion, is um, is you becoming the, the, the club's first professional um, on the books. Um, what's that been like? You know, I know you did an interview for the for the club. You can give us some different insights maybe on that. But but also introduce yourself as, as a footballer as well. You're a, a I'd say, a goal-scoring winger. You've got a pretty decent strike rate from my stats as well. So tell us about you and tell us about the contract. Yeah, so obviously, like, the last few couple months, really, it's been quite overwhelming. Um, like obviously sort of women's football hasn't got that much recognition so like to get quite a lot of recognition and stuff and people noticing you and like congratulating you and stuff it's obviously amazing um, so yeah it's obviously an, an amazing few weeks and I just can't wait to get started really and and you as a football you, what's your position what would you say and, and and kind of tell us about the kind of system that you guys play as well because again a lot of people like me ignorant of that you know four two three one four four two four you know are you are you out wide do you cut in are you, you yeah. know because you, you, so, you're definitely weighing with goals too yes so i normally play right wing um sort of i don't mind being on the left i can play in the middle as well i'm not too fast but yeah mainly right wing I wouldn't say I cut in too often. I say I like to make crosses in the box. Um, but to be fair, like using my left foot, I'm not against it. So yeah, I've scored a few goals on my left foot where maybe cutting in and stuff. Um, so yeah, I'd say like just using speed and stuff like that to get around players. I enjoy like getting out of tight areas and things like that. So yeah, uh, we just you play got- a typical 4 3 3 normally. Um, so we're quite attackive. You got a, a few tricks in your locker as well? Drop with the shoulder? It'll be Maybe, a little bit of Fabian step over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see next season. Um, and, and Kieran, obviously, um, Paige Peak as well um, has just mm-hmm. signed pro terms as well. I mean, it's just build. You know, I, I will kind of talk about the FA Cup run from a couple of years ago. We have to kind of talk about that because national news at the time. But um, Sophie's deal, Paige's deal. Um, you know, staff coming back to the club as well. Um, it's just a momentum building there, isn't there? And and the promotion is kind of the kind of icing on the cake, really. It's it's a really exciting time for the for the women's team. Yeah, it's been it's been a really really good couple of years, um, and things just seem to be growing and growing and and advancing so fast. I mean, you talk about that momentum building, and it really has been off the back of the promotion. The, the things that are in place going forward, the ambition that we have, where we want to reach. Um, it, it, everything is just coming together nicely now. Um, it, it's obviously an amazing thing for the football club to have its first two professional players on the books. And like we've said in the interviews, contracts at this level of women's football are very rare. So for the club to, to say, you know what, we're going to do something completely different here that's, that, that is rare and, and doesn't happen too often. We're going to start signing players to pro contracts because we want to be right at the very top of the women's game. And, and this is what we feel we need to do to get there. Then that's remarkable because ultimately Sophie and, and Paige are huge assets to the football club. And yeah, it, it, it's, it's a massive, massive statement from, from Ipswich Town to, to say, OK, this is what we're doing going forward. And and this is what we want we want to be um we want to be fully professional going forward but equally we don't just want to reach the the women's super league we want to compete in the women's super league and ultimately you know if you spoke to joe or anyone around the club the goal is to be one of the best clubs in the country and we're now starting to build the foundations to get there 
yeah and the the it's a, it's a it's a weird kind of parallel with, with the men's team i mean the men's team i'll briefly talk about them in a bit because the fa cup run kind of coincided with the men's team really being pretty poor and everyone being kind of down on their luck watching that but the the, the fa cup run that um the women's team went was just amazing and staggering and, and actually brought some pride to the club at the time and and it's good to see kind of both teams admittedly it's kind of a clean slate for the men's team but this just feels like momentum has just taken the team to a point now where these kind of things are possible and um you know there's things i guess that people know about the women's team like the dominance over norwich and i guess sophie you're, you're kind of are you from you're east anglia you're kind of essex i guess is i'm right? hertfordshire based so i'm quite okay. a way away actually but you're not you, would you say you're an ipswich town fan more generally or you don't have to be it's, it's no, no it's not, I'm not. that's fine no, so but, but the, the kind of rivalry with norwich and the fact that the women's team just routinely turn them over presumably is it is a point of kind of professional satisfaction to beat anyone in the league to kind of get you up there but just the dominance of, of ipswich against norwich must have been really pleasing for everyone right yeah obviously like we always know when we get norwich in a draw or like in the league like we just we're all buzzing um, I think because we know how excited the fans get and obviously it's the same on our end. So, yeah, it's obviously amazing, like, getting big scores. Like, when we, we I think we'd lost 10-0 to Man City in the Cup and then we'd gone and beat them 10-0. And it was just sort of like, I don't know, obviously that was hard to lose that much. But then to go and beat Norwich 10-0, it was just amazing. And, yeah. and uh, go on, Kieran. Sorry, I was, oh, and it's the same. I, I, I said this in the build-up to the to the very first Norwich game where we had the the really big crowd at Felixstowe back in September 2019. Um, just no matter what what it is, Ipswich versus Norwich. If you're from this area, you're always going to be up for it. I mean, Pesk will will back me up on this. You spend enough time around Eloise King, you'll know how much it means to, to people like that. Um, I mean, I, I'm, you know, Ipswich born and bred, um, growing up supporting the club. Um, so we know how to get up for these games and that we know how much it means to the supporters. But, you know, the players do embody that energy and that passion when they step on the pitch in a derby game. And uh, and that's what's ultimately seen us to some really, really good victories over them. And and again, to kind of continue, continue the kind of drawing attention to the, the men's and the women's team, the men's record against Norwich, crap, as, as, we, as we all know. Um, but I, I think it's just um, it's the point where the the men's team was dropping off. The women's team were just building and building. And and is that is that East Anglian derby something you're going to miss, or is it a sense of pride now that as as a football club, our women's team is is so much more established, and we've been turning them over because Norwich in the men's game are just you know for the last ten years have really schooled us in lots of different ways, whereas in the women's game it's the complete opposite so it's a strange kind of shift isn't it yeah i think ultimately it will be disappointing not to have a derby um just from an atmosphere perspective and and everything that comes with the fixture but as you said you know we've we've, we've beaten them convincingly i think four games in a row now um and even in previous years we've, we've had their number you know they've, they've had the odd result here and there but um i guess at the end of the day like, like i said a few minutes ago like we've ultimately got bigger fish to fry. You know, we, we want to push on and get to the elite levels of women's football. And, and ultimately, that's what we're thinking of rather than, than the derby game. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, 
you know, they could they could start ascending up the pyramid at some point. You, you just don't know. Um, FA Cup is, a, is another option. So, you know, hopefully at some point soon, in, within the next few years, we will get another derby again. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, we will be up for it and we'll be excited by it. But um, it's not something that we're, we're desperate to have um, going forward because, as you said, we've got aspirations of, of doing much bigger things in the women's game than, than just winning a derby match. Nice, yeah, like those words. So, so what's the fixture you're, lo- you're looking forward to, so Because you've lost Norwich now, um, and pres- Watford promoted last season as well. Is that a team that you might have looked out for? So, what's the, what's your game that you're looking forward to? All of them. All of them. Fair uh, I think. No, I'm most excited. I think Southampton will be a massive game. Obviously, we played every season, but um, the end of last season. Sorry. Um, so yeah, I think they're a good. They've sort of got similar ambitions to us. Um, in some respects. So I think, yeah, looking at the team, I've seen them made a few sign-ins. So I think that'll be a massive game. Yeah, I remember the, was the end of the nineteen twenty season, maybe into the last summer? Did you, was it a friendly against them or an end of season? It was a few months back. We played them at St. Mary's. It was this season, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was the end of the Um, season. Yeah, I mean, the Southampton game is going to be massive, um, especially with us playing them at home on the final day of the season. You know, that that could end up being a, a title decider. You just don't know at this stage. You know, I think we're quite confident of of where we may end up and Southampton will fancy their chances as well. So that could be a really tasty game. But then you've got the likes of Oxford and Portsmouth, who are both very well established at that level. Um, that will provide us with difficult tests. Um, but I think for me, I'm, I'm most looking forward to the Plymouth doubleheaders. Um, it's something that, that we discussed at the club and, and I put forward to Plymouth Argyle and, and worked out with the FA. And especially with, with what's happened recently with Paul Mariner passing away, I think it's a real opportunity for the two clubs to come together on those two doubleheader weekends and, and perhaps do something to, to, to on a pool as well as have a whole weekend of, of, of football for, for both men and women. I think it's a fantastic opportunity. And I'm hoping that town fans travelling to Home Park in October are going to stay overnight and come and watch us on the Sunday and, and vice versa as well. You know, hopefully lots of Plymouth fans will stay over and come watch the game in Felixstowe in March. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Maybe we'll do some bits and pieces at the end, just logistics-wise. Again, just a, I've been looking through the fixtures, and I'm kind of jumping around in my agendas, but no one knows because I'm not sharing my notes in advance. This is all planned. Um, but Sophie, from your perspective as um, as a player now, you're kind of, I, I guess, the fourth tier used to fixtures being within a certain mileage of home or at least Ipswich, and now you've got trips to Southampton, Portsmouth, you said, but even Plymouth's crazy distance and Cardiff as well, third tier. So how does that change preparation? Is that something that you, you're going to have to figure out a little bit differently for those long trips away? I think my whole life, I think all of us have sort of been used to pretty far journeys. Like we've never been sort of 10 minutes down the road. Um, but yeah, I'd say, I think away games always just bring like a good vibe in like, I don't know, in the, um, as a team, like when we're traveling on the coach or staying the night, like it just, there's a feel about it that just makes everyone so excited for the game. So I think that could even help us a bit. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Um, the old away trips, get the cards out and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, yeah. that's me showing my age, iPads. I meant iPads, damn it. Um, let's bring everyone up to speed a little bit. Um, and again, this is where probably my research is going to let me down. So guys, feel free to, ch- uh, to correct me. It's okay. Um, 
I've got kind of around 2012 is the, the ICFC women's team had been around for a while, but wasn't really formally affiliated to the football club until around 10 years ago. Is that, is that fair? Kira, is that I think there was a team that can, competed sort of back in the 80s and 90s, perhaps early 2000s, uh, called Ipswich Town Women Football Club. Um, now, I believe from, from the research that I've done that that ceased to exist and a new club was founded in sort of like the mid-2000s. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, we've kind of been under the umbrella of the club for a few years. 2012 probably seems about right. Um, that when we... When we rebranded to Ipswich Town FC Women from uh, Ipswich Town Ladies in 2018, that was the real sort of like, right, we are under the umbrella now rather than just a loose connection. Um, but yeah, I mean, things have, have, have changed massively um, in, in the last few years. Um, and it's been fantastic. And and am I right in saying, um, and Sophie, this is someone you know is very well as well, kind of, kind of Joe Sheehan kind of taking over as manager is kind of is where maybe this this surge upwards started. Is is that fair? Is, is Joe kind of brought everything together, would you say? Yeah, I think so. I mean, his ambition is just crazy. Like, he sort of brought it all on, on us. So we sort of base our ambition off of him. Um, so, yeah, I'd say he's definitely played a massive factor in that. And and I was going to ask about Paige Shorten as well, who's went away and has come back. How important is she as well? She's massive. Like, she just, I don't know, she just gets on with everyone. Like, you can always chat to her, like, technically, where she has her input as well. Like, she just, yeah, she's a really big asset to the club, to be honest. So we've got, yeah, Joe um, kind of setting the tone um, and then this this just run of dominance in the league, um, 1920 particularly, and then the FA Cup run that we talked about. Um, the, the, the win at Huddersfield must have been amazing. But to draw the Man City, Sophie, with uh, uh, presumably a squad full of players that you, you aspire to be like, I guess. Yeah, it was obviously it's sort of a scary experience in some ways. But I think you've always got to take positives from it. Like after the game, I remember we were all a bit upset a bit because we all sort of had a lot of hope and like it was sort of all put down the drain, you know. But yeah, I think it's obviously a, an amazing experience. And like even today I was watching Team GB play and I was like watching loads of them who I'd played against. It was really nice to be able to actually see how far away we almost are from the top. So yeah, it was, it was amazing. And the good thing for you, which is scary for someone like me, is you're of, still of an age where you could end up playing Man City in the league at some point. I hope, well, that's not too much of a stretch if if the trajectory is, as kind of Kieran said. But you know, there's a, there's a good chance that some of these players you could be playing them on a kind of on a level footing in the next few years. That presumably is a real big motivator as well. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's the aim, really. Like that's where we want to be, and that's what we're going to keep striving to try and achieve. So. I think that Man City game, I mean, you talk about, you know, Sophie just said about the emotion after the game and everything, but we genuinely did, did go into that game with so much belief. Like, I, I'll tell you a little story. So the day after the draw was our first training session after we, we found out that we were playing against Man City and we all went into, um, into one of the classrooms at Playford Road to do a bit of post-match analysis for the Huddersfield game, which had been two days before. And uh, Joe gave this massive speech about the draw and about the game coming up almost similar to like Braveheart almost 
And it was such a remarkable speech. And I'll never forget the line. It was like, this, this is a million, a one in a million game, but the game could just be that one. And we all walked out of there thinking, let's have this. Like, I genuinely, and for the two weeks building up to it, we genuinely believed that if we executed everything absolutely perfectly, we could have got something out of the game. Um, ultimately, it wasn't to be City were just ruthless and world class. But, you know, for the first the first 20 minutes of the game, we were in the game and we could have gone 1-0 up. And I think everyone's heart jumped a little bit at that moment. But um, nevertheless, like, like Sophie said, it was a, a massive learning experience, an incredible experience for for the players, for the staff, for the supporters that travelled up. I think we had like 400 away fans come up, which was incredible. Um, you know, result aside, it was one of the best days that we've all had in our careers to date. So, um, yeah, something to remember for sure. And, and Sophie, as, do, do you kind of set a benchmark in your mind as a developing footballer as this is the level that I need to be? You know, where did you, I guess it'd be really fascinating to get your insights because what kind of what's your mental kind of process during a match whether it's just in the moment and thinking about systems and positions and or whether it's just kind of instinctive but are you able to kind of stop and pause and think wow Steph Horton's just done an amazing ping across the pitch from nowhere and that position that Ellen White just took up for that chance you know are you able to kind of process the top kind of tier players when you're playing against them or is it just kind of um i've got to do my own thing i feel like a lot of it is probably instinct where you're sort of acting like emotionally and sort of reacting to the situation you're in but i think mate you probably you probably can to be fair and like i'd say the main thing would be analyzing it after and actually you could just pick a player pick lauren hemp or whoever whoever's in your position and just watch what she done and how you could have changed your like your performance to that play how they played so i think analysis would probably be a big factor in that but yeah i'd say definitely in the game like i'd watch sort of like people like lauren hemp and i'd be like wow like how is that like, do you know what i mean how has she done that and just like her movement was amazing and things like that so yeah i think you definitely can and it sounds like um joe did his best to kind of remove the fear of the occasion which is great but you should have taken i assume you took a huge amount of heart from smashing Huddersfield away who were who were third tier at the time am I right yeah, presumably right. the northern the northern version of the league that you are now in the southern Premier. yeah that's right um, yeah. and that presumably also because at that point and, and it's continued off obviously to the season that's just finished just most weeks turning clubs over weren't you you were just there was it was like the char light were just too good for you like week after week in the league you know more often than not turning over the teams that you play so to then test yourself against a league above and then to do a similar situation to them so if you must have given you real heart about you know your ability but also what the team could do yeah i think i sort of remember us all going into it weirdly with well not weirdly but sort of with no fear at all like i sort of look back and think why was you not scared but i i just remember us all being just so excited so i think that was very good that we wasn't scared because like there's nothing really to be scared of you just got to go and play the best you can and i think that's what we did and at the end of the day it just wasn't meant to be um and i do think that that sort of i don't know that's going to push us to be where we want to be anyway so yeah i think yeah it was amazing and a huge amount of 
pride for everyone and, and as you said you know the next week turning over norwich over by the same score at, as the mad city game so that's how that's how you kind of put that situation right but you know absolute pride out of that situation and, and kieran i guess for you kind of an insight into uh, how the club might have to operate from a media perspective mm-hmm. a level or you know two levels above because i remember nick ames doing a piece in the guardian you i think all of you were on Anglian News or Look East at mm-hmm. some point. Um, was that eye-opening for you about the kind of what is what could be possible as well? Yeah, um, I think my phone nearly exploded that those two weeks building up. I mean, I hadn't even got in my door from Huddersfield before I had BBC Look East phoning me saying, you know, we want to get the girls in the studio. I was like, right, okay, I'll put it in place. And then just for those two weeks, we were swamped with, BBC, ITV, Sky Sports came in one day. Uh, we had like no end of tabloid journalists coming in. Um, it was just relentless. I, I kind of feel sorry for Maddie Biggs because she scored the hat trick at Huddersfield and it seemed like every media outlet in England wanted to speak to her. Um, it got to the point where we were having to turn down some requests because it was just like the poor girl was getting swamped with, with media stuff. Um, but yeah, it was very eye-opening. Um, I've got to say I very much enjoyed dealing with a lot of the the uh, press outlets that I'd never spoken with before. Sky Sports were were great to deal with, um, as were a lot of the, the journalists. It, w- it was a really, really good experience, um, not just from that perspective as well, but the press conference we put on prior to the game went really well. Um, obviously, following on from, from Paul Lambert at the time, you know, it was a little bit of an odd experience for us to sort of follow his press conference. But um, yeah, no, that was it was really, really good. Um, very, very busy for me for a couple of weeks, but... I learned a lot from the experience and we got some amazing feedback from from lots of different um, media companies and, and outlets sort of saying how well the girls handled themselves, how impressed they were with Joe. A couple of them said they were impressed with how we handled things from a media perspective in terms of myself and, and Ross and Tom. Um, so, yeah, I, it was a, a real, real good experience. But the busiest two weeks of my life Um so when the game finished against City and we got rid of, you know, we finished all those formalities and I had to take Joe into a press conference, funnily enough, in Pep Guardiola's press room. Um, nice. And he was getting grilled by the national media, which was not a nice experience. Um, kind of once the dust had settled with then, it was a case of now I can relax a bit um, because it just felt like that two weeks we were constantly just doing things and getting ready for the game and making sure our media for the game was where we wanted it to be. Um, yeah. Um, I, 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 I really hope I get an experience like that again. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, certainly I was exhausted by the end of it. Yeah. And, and, and just more evidence of kind of these steady building blocks of establishing the club. We'll talk about, uh, yeah, on, 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 Blue Monday, we we try not to, we try to avoid talking about the past too much. You mentioned Mr. Lambert. I think we'll try to leave we'll we'll focus more on the future and the new ownership and how that relationships work. We've got a question about that, so we might come back to that. Um but just another example of as as of this momentum that's building. And then COVID comes and ruins everything. So top of the league, I think when the when the I think is it the bot is it only the top which division stopped in the first lockdown? Was it or well, which leagues resumed? It was Sorry. everything below the championship. So and 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 then the season starts again. Again, you start in exactly the same fashion, and then 
we have the winter of of last year and but again this you know keeping i guess so for, from your perspective obviously disheartened that the season had ended the way it did where you were and to get no kind of reward apart from maybe the cup run but for the league form that must have been hard but then to go again at the start of the season that, that, that's just been what what did that take mentally for for all of you were you was it about proving everyone wrong or was it just about just keep going and keep the momentum i feel like looking back we sort of wanted to just prove like no we we should have been promoted like we do you know what I mean we need to do the same thing again and i think because we were like obviously we'd had how long out probably 6 months where we were in lockdown um we were just so excited to get back that i think we didn't really think about the past too much and i think we just had to keep focusing on what was ahead and we just had to think right we just got to win these next games win these next games so i think yeah at the time i think we just wanted to prove to everyone why we should have been promoted and why this decision that being promoted now had to happen yeah i, I was going to say the kind of history repeating itself being so cruel and and again an illustration i guess of the frustration of being at the tier that you were which is we're too good for it but we can't get out then the application for promotion um, and the waiting for that. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Pats, um, Kieran, what can you tell us about that process? Are you is, have you got any insights on, on what you had to do? To did you just send them the, a screenshot of the league table and said, <laughs> "I wish you from the season before." <laughs> no, no. Um, so we had we had um, pre meetings with, with the legal clubs where we're on an AGM or some form of like big meeting, and every club was consulted about you know potential options should the season have to be curtailed. Um, then they made the decision to curtail the season and, and went with what clubs felt was right. And the overwhelming consensus was there has to be some movement. Like there has to be some movement providing, and I know a lot of clubs are against 
uh, relegation standing. So I think it, it quickly comes to, to uh, they come to a decision quickly that let's promote teams via application, but not relegate anyone, and we'll just restructure the leagues for a year, and then it will then be further relegation spots this coming season. So we went through meetings. They sent us like the criteria list. And it was all kinds of stuff uh, based on results of the last two years, uh, cup performances, goal difference, um, then lots of off the field stuff relating to workforce, admin, uh, your, your facilities, your training facilities, all kinds of stuff like that. And we, we went through the list and we were like, well, we're home and hosed here um, because the, the results made up 75% of the decision. Wow, okay. we, we were, and if you base the points per game, uh, I think someone in, within women's football, like one of the um, all-round supporters pages, that she like worked this out, and we had almost uh, half a half a point more than anyone else in the fourth tier. So that's kind of that that, that set us up well. We were very confident, and obviously with, with facilities, you know, we've got Playford Road, um, we've got an excellent workforce, you know, a lot lots of high quality coaches, and we, you know, we've got full time staff. Like not a lot of clubs have that. Um, also part-time paid staff. Um, we have a great home ground at Felix Stone Walton United. So when we saw that criteria, we were kind of like, yeah, this, this, we're home and hosed here. Um, I, we couldn't see any way that it was going to get rejected. So we sent that through and it took about five weeks before we finally got the decision. And I think although we were massively excited, but we've finally been promoted, there obviously was an, a massive sense of relief more than anything because it had been so long we've been denied it for a year and then to finally get up was so relieving um yeah but but equally as well like joe will tell you this as well the, the, to not have the opportunity to lift the trophy in front of the supporters on the final day of the season was something that we were really disappointed with we would have loved to have done that um so hopefully going forward you know fingers crossed this season we can we can win the league and uh, we'll have that moment and everyone can enjoy that together did you get a medal sophie or anything? No, nothing. Kieran, I mean, it's well, they could have done that. I get mean, some medals. Come on. Uh, we'll start the campaign. Some medals. I mean, we've been technically been promoted via application, although we've deserved to go up on the pitch. I think that's, uh, you don't really think you can argue with that. We've still been promoted by an application rather than, than winning a football match. So I, I don't think they were ever going to do a trophy and medals. Um, but in the future, you never know. I, I rarely use my platform for anything, but there will be someone watching or listening who has some kind of influence to sort out a medal for last season's promoted team and a trophy. That <laughs> Let's get that happening. I'm going to start the ball rolling right here. Um, and then it'll be totally useless because you'll win the league, um, the third tier this season. Anyway, let's move on. Um, but Sophie, presumably great to get the validation for probably what you already knew. Uh, and I've got a stat, did some research. Am I correct? Only team in the top four tiers to not concede a goal before the season ended as well. Am I right? So I didn't know that actually. Yeah. I think it went down to uh, in the fourth game where we'd beaten, who did we beat? I think it was Cambridge United. Um, we beat Cambridge United in the league and it was us and Everton who were the only two teams in, in the top four tiers of women's football not to have conceded a goal. And Everton conceded, I think, against West Ham. Um, so obviously we won against Cambridge United ten nil. So yeah, we were the, the only team not to concede a league goal before the season was stopped, um, which is a pretty remarkable achievement. I know we only played four games, but still to be the only team, we'll take that. 
Yeah, but but Sophie, presumably, you know, I, I guess it would have been great to have a medal around your neck, but just to get that validation from the, from that application process, a big thing. Yeah, I mean, like as Kieran said, it was just such a relief, and like even though, yeah, obviously it would have been nice to lift the trophy and stuff, but at the end of the day, like we sort of had to just deal with what we were given and sort of make the most out of it, and just enjoy sort of ce- celebrating in some respect as much as we can. Um, and at the same time, is just looking forward to the next season because I think that's what you've got to do. And and as that preparation did that start straight away because I think you got that news. Was it in June, early June? Am I right? Or maybe maybe I'm May? Not, I'm, I'm not actually sure. Yeah, it was um, it was early June. Um, so we had we we got the news on the Tuesday. Wednesday was our party. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then it was kind of from then onwards, I think it was a case of, right, we need a little bit of time off now. I think Joe was very keen to to emphasise the importance of not only having a, well, I think the girls had a physical break, but a mental break from all the, the, the stress of, are we going up? Are we not going up? Season being stopped left, right and centre. We're playing four league games in, in four, five months. Um, so he really wanted the, everyone to have a break. And really the break wasn't that long, was it, Sophie? I think we were only off for like four weeks. Yeah, I mean, I had, well, I was still at school, but I had, which when training stopped, because I was training with 21s as well, so I think I even had a bit less. Um, but I think I had two weeks sort of like complete rest. And then I had sort of six, seven weeks, which started before the, we found out we were getting promoted, where we were sort of all given our off-season programmes. So, yeah, we say about preparation, but I think most of us, started preparing for the season before we even found out we were getting promoted i was going to say what has there been a massive apart from maybe the pre-season training that you're doing now any massive changes either that you've done or or that's happened since the promotion to prepare for a, a level up um i'd say it's stayed pretty similar we're sort of training more together as a team and i'd say like for me i'm sort of doing my gym sort of at at home so that when I go to training, I can make the most of being there instead of doing my gym work there. So I say that's definitely helped. Um, but other than that, I'd say just pretty similar, really. I think that Joe, uh, we we talked about it a little bit in in the return interview I done with him on, uh, for the club. Um, he's they brought in a new training model. So previously we were training like in the evenings, maybe six thirty to eight thirty, seven till nine or whatever it was. Um, but now it's, it's training four times a week, four till six. Um, so there's a new full-time training model for, for players, which is like Sophie and for Paige. Um, and, and just trying to make the environment like it is we are a full-time club. Because ultimately, we, we want to be a full-time professional club um, with every player fully professional. That, that That's the, the long-term goal. Um, so to bring in a new training model was massively important for Joe and the coaching staff. And I've actually quite enjoyed it because it means I'm not getting home at nearly like 10 o'clock at night on training nights, you know, get home at like half six and it's, it's uh, you get your whole evening then. And especially for players like, like Sophie having to travel back to Hertfordshire, it means you're not traveling back late at night. And I mean, because you must have been getting home after midnight sometimes. Yeah, well, now at the moment I've been getting home at like nine, which I mean, it's still not early, but it's sort of reasonable. Um, but before, yeah, I'd travel back, get home at sort of half 11. I nearly missed the last train, but obviously before I was sort of staying up. So 
while in season, it wasn't like that. I was living in Ipswich, but sort of pre-season when I was living at home, like I am now, I was getting back very late. So I think it's definitely helped um, having that train new train model. Uh, I really like it. I've got I've got a few questions actually to chip in about training and stuff like that. Let's do those. Let's do those now, um, and and they're kind of similar um, to what we just talked about. Marcus asks, um, how does training work for the days um, with um, when you're not with semi-pro teammates, um, or is this a what he calls a football manager myth? He's kind of interested to know the, the what is the difference between the pros and the semi-pros really and. Obviously, you've got a good insight of that now. Is there is there much difference to that? Kieran, do you want to answer this one? Yeah, nothing has changed with that regard. We're training more often. There's obviously the new training model. Um, obviously, Sophie and Paige are on, on pro deals. Um, they're still training with the squad as, as they normally would. Um, it's just a case of, you know, we have now got paid professional players that are within the group. Um, but nothing's really changed um, with, with regards to that. It's still uh, it's still training four times a week, four till six, um, you know, and trying to get as much out of the week as we possibly can in terms of preparation, ready for, for fixtures on the weekend. So, yeah, um, there's, there's not an awful lot to say, to be honest. It's not like they're training separately away from the rest of the group or anything like that. It's, it's still they're training as, as, as a complete squad. Yeah, I was, I was about to say exactly that. You kind of, you plan for the squad rather than the individuals, don't you? So, again, mm. it's possibly people, as he said, football manager thinking there maybe a little bit. Um, and 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 obviously, we you saw it was it Olivia Smith, is it the signing in the summer? Who uh, I guess a lot of people, myself included, probably assumed that she would sign as as a professional, but she's part time because she works in the police as well. So presumably, there is still a lot of thought about how to compile the squad and whether people are pro or not it it really is about what you do when you turn up at training and what you do on a match day for the full yeah. it isn't it i mean like we're still in the very early stages of these pro deals you know like i think you know it's only just happened you know sophie signed was three three or so weeks ago you know Paige only signed you know a week or so ago so you know it's, it's very very early days yeah it'd be silly for us to to, to start changing things up in training uh, and whatnot and and yeah like so so for Liv for example you know she's in the police force so you know had no requirement for, for a pro contract um which is you know it's just great that we get to attract a player of her quality but ultimately you know as much as she's she's committed to the club and you know she's looking forward to getting started and she'll be a great asset for us you know she's got a career that she's very determined to succeed in um and and that she's now balancing two careers and and, and that's very very prevalent in, in in the women's game um you know dual careers is something that's really driven in in the women's game even up in, into the championship and, and some players in the wsl are, are, are on dual careers so you know it, it's still got a long way to go to get to the levels of the men's game um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where where things are at with regards to live and and the other players at the moment going forward. And it feels like there's got to be a bit bit of an evolution of that kind of thing. It's rather than just flick a finger and everyone's a pro. Yeah, exactly. Really yeah. happen, does it? Um, you don't just drop. You know, was that the situation for? Was she at Charlton and Charlton decided they want to go fully pro? Was that her situation? That was it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Charlton have gone fully pro in the championship now. Obviously, she she wants to. 
you know, succeed and, and, and do well within her police career. So it wasn't something that really worked out for them. You know, they, they wanted full-time pros. So she looked for another opportunity and, and that's where Joe's connections have come in handy because obviously he's known her for such a long time. You know, she's come in to train with us in the past and, and we've been able to get the deal done that suits both parties. You know, we're, we're happy to have a player of her quality. You know, she'd be a great asset to the squad and, and she's obviously found herself a, a, a new club that, that works around her her career. So um, it's a win-win for everyone. Sounds good. Um, Sophie, a question from Mark. Um, now that the long-awaited and thoroughly deserved promotion is in the bag, what are the aspirations for this season? We've kind of already alluded to them, but it will be good to get your words on that. Um, back-to-back promotions, Mark suggested, um, or maybe an FA Cup run. Um, and if the if the cup run, he's got three questions there, buddy. I'm Mark. Um, who would be the team you'd love to face? Um, I think yeah, getting double that like double promotion is the main aim uh, that we all want to strive for. Obviously, if we get an amazing cup run again, that's just a bonus, and we are going to work for that. I think, um, but I wouldn't say. I'd say the league is the main priority for us. Um, for us to get to the top level, um, and then what was the other thing? Was the what team? Um, who do, yeah, the on? team that you join. Yeah, who would you want to get in the cup? Well, I feel like any what like sort of any WSL team really. Like have a Man United will be good, or Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea. It's quite a few to be fair, or maybe yeah. even like a striving Championship club. I think we could give someone like that a good guy. Yeah, test your kind of yeah, test your level second like for the yeah. next season, hopefully. Yeah, I'll I'll lob in I'll lob in Norwich just for the sake of yeah. it. Maybe knock them out in an early round and then. So with the FA Cup this year, so now we've gone up a division. We actually come into the competition later. So in previous years, we were coming in in the second qualifying round, so we had to win two qualifying games to get into the first round proper. We now come in at the second round proper, so we're missing out three games. So, so are you uh, telling me, Kieran, that we might not play Norwich in the Cup because they might not well, qualify? Well, they, they would have to win three games to, to be in the draw for the second round proper. So, um, you know, they, they might do that and we might end up getting another East Anglian derby, which would be, uh, which would be nice. Um, but yeah, um, obviously for us, you know, with, with the previous Cup run, we won, uh, I think, oh God, how many games? Seven games before we got to play Man City. So that was what made the run so special because we were just rattling off all these wins one after the other. Um, but whereas this time round, we're playing three less games. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it, it, obviously it's, it's interesting um, in terms of, you know, not as much fixture congestion. Um, and it doesn't mean that we're having to play qualifying games. But, um, yeah, um, different stage of the competition for us now. Um, Sophie, one more for you before I put one on, Kieran. Um, from Andrew, um, us fans would love to see you playing at Portman Road. Does the team have the same desire? He also says good luck for the season ahead. Um, sounds like Felix Stowe has been quite good for you guys as well, though. But Portman Road, I think a few times played there, but something a little bit more persistent, you know, continual there, maybe? Yeah, I think playing at Portman Road is something I think we've all wanted to do. And obviously, potentially, if we didn't have COVID, that probably could have happened. I'm not sure. But yeah, we're hoping potentially next year maybe one of the bigger games like a Southampton or something um, I'd, I'd love to play at Portman Road um, obviously the fans would love it love to get a big crowd um, so yeah it'll be amazing 
And and this kind of leads on to the, the next question from FBL Tractor, Kieran. Um, have there been much interaction with the new regime, um, the ownership, um, Mark Ashton, Michael Leary so far? Um, can you talk to us about, about that and whether they've got any plans or anything like that? So there's been conversations going on behind the scenes between Mark Ashton and, and the new owners, I believe. I, I don't really have a, an awful lot of knowledge with regards to what's been discussed and whatnot. Um, what I can say is Mark Ashton's been very supportive so far. Um, I think what's a massive benefit to us is he's come from a club at Bristol City that have had an established WSL team for so long. I know they got relegated to the championship in the last season, but they've been up there for a long time. So he'll have experience of what, what's required and, and um, you know, what he needs to do to, to help us get there. Um, I think we're in the very, very early stages at the moment in terms of what's going on with the new ownership. I think they've said publicly that, you know, what they want to do with the women's program in terms of that they're keen to back it and support it as much as possible, which is, which is amazing. But and I think Mark Devmer actually said it on your show. Um, until they get over here and, and meet us all and, and see it, and Joe pitches the vision and, and whatnot, they'll really not have much of an idea of what needs to be done and how they can support it. So um, all I know is that they're keen to get behind it. But it's going to, you know, it's, it's very much in the early stages at the moment. And um, yeah, hopefully going forward, we'll have a, a really good relationship with the new owners and uh, and they can help us get to where we want to be. But um, yeah, certainly an exciting time for the football club. We're all really, really looking forward to, to the future and, and, you know, hopefully, you know, we can have some success. One more question from um, Will um, for you, Sophie. Um, he's asked about the goals the team has set. I think we've covered that. Um, any um, personal targets that you've set yourself or goals for the season ahead? I think... If I can look back next season and just sort of say that I can help the team with good performances, scoring goals, getting assists to help us get promoted, I think that's just sort of my main goal for next season. Um, so, yeah, I'd say individually as well, it would be to get promoted because that's just sort of I work as a team as well. Um, but individually, I'd say to actually help the team massively to do that would be really positive. That's I think if you, saw, if you saw Sophie in training last night, you got no worries going into the season. I was stood there just like, oh my God. <laughs> just Do you know when like a player just dominates a training session? And it just, just one of them were just single-handedly just tearing people apart and scoring some worldies. And uh, yeah, I think you, you're on for a good season here, Sophie, if you, you carry it on from last night. I think my shooting practice has been paying off. Fingers yeah. crossed. That's brilliant. Well, great, great answer as well, by the way. Um, really good um, to hear that. And um, yeah, thank you so much for for those insights. So I'm just looking ahead. We will talk about the pre-season friendlies because presumably, Kieran, people can attend some of these games maybe. Yeah. Um, so we'll come on to that in a second. Just looking at the fixture list. Sophie, first up, Hounslow. Um, and dare I say, if you wanted to pick a team to play at the start of the new season and the level above, it would be the team that finished bottom with zero points? Or am I, was there some mitigating circumstances behind Hounslow last season? Is it is it a good fixture to start with? Let me, rather than try and um, so. overthink it. I think, yeah. I mean, to be honest, anyone, like, we're, if we're going to win the league, we've got to beat everyone. So I sort of think, like we're sort of happy to play anyone but yeah I think to play someone who hasn't done the best previously 
it's obviously could fill us with a lot of confidence going into like the other game. So yeah, I'm I'm really happy and looking forward to it. And then yeah, they're a team that struggled in recent years. Um, but that yeah, it's um you you, we, you don't want to go into the season too confident in terms of okay, we look at the Hounslow game first game and just automatically assume we're gonna we're gonna batter them. It it, it you can't be like that. We're gonna still have to prepare the same. Um, Oh, you know, we're very confident going into that first game. I think if you look at our first five fixtures, I think, you know, most people will be reasonably happy with that. And, you know, hopefully we can get off to a good start to the season and set the tone for the rest of the year. Um, but as you said, Rich, you know, it's a fixture you look at and you think, well, yeah, I mean, they have been really, really struggling. You know, it could be an opportunity for us to get a, a win on the opening day of the season and, and sort of build the momentum from there. So, um, yeah, I guess the only thing is, is that we weren't at home first game. It would have been nice to have you know, a home game to, to, you know, raise the curtain on the season and, and and hopefully get off to a good start. But hopefully we can do that the following week as well at home to Keensham. Yeah, I, I was, we, we don't like the word hashtag winnable on this podcast. So we won't say that. We'll respect Hounslow. Um, hope, positive start. Um, and yeah, just all the luck in the world for the season ahead. And, and tell us about how we can... Um, People can get to games. You've got two preseason games, Kieran, and then season proper. What's the situation there? Presumably, website and your social media is a good place to start. Yeah, as you see, you know we're going to be promoting these games. So the first home preseason friendly is on Sunday, the first of August, against Wroxham, uh, a team from Norfolk, um, and then the big marquee preseason friendly is on the eighth of August against Wolves, who also got promoted to the third Second tier. Second tier, or is it uh, third tier? Third tier. Yeah, uh, they're they're in a similar position to us and Southampton. We're very ambitious clubs that are looking to, to reach the top. So I think that'll be a really, really tasty game. Um, a really good game to, to sort of finish pre-season on, ready for the new season. Um, so yeah, um, we're looking forward to those. Um, that They'll be very good. Um, yeah, and hopefully we can we can take some momentum into the season off the back of a couple of big performances. Um, in terms of how to come down, um, so obviously you can pay on the gate, um, but we're obviously trying to encourage people to sign up to True Blue, um, which is our membership package. Um, starts from £5 per month. Uh, you can pay more if you want to, um, and it includes a season ticket and a loads of other things as well. There's, there's information on our website about that as well. And it's basically a way for town fans to come to to every game, you know, to get to get yourself a season ticket for five pounds a month, which is you know the same. Well, it's cheaper than a Netflix subscription, um, and ultimately, every pound that is you know that is go is going into the future of ITFC women. You know, you, you, fans can essentially play their part in getting us to where we want to be. So we'd encourage as many people as possible to sign up for True Blue and come down to as many games as possible because. The girls really do thrive off the support. I mean, you know, we spoke earlier on in the, in the podcast about the Norwich game in September 2019. We got a record crowd of 761. Uh, and Sophie will tell you, the atmosphere was phenomenal. Um, absolutely phenomenal. And we want to see more fans, more town fans embracing the women's game, you know, getting behind us that, you know, as we try to get towards the WSL and, uh, you know, it'd be fantastic to see a big crowd down there for the first home game of the season against Keensham on the 22nd of August. Yeah, great call. Cool. Um, we will do a retweet of all those bits and pieces. We'll stick links out there so you can find that. What I'll do as well is I'll just stick some Blue Monday stuff down the bottom there for the people watching on YouTube. Um, 
Kieran, so thank you so much for coming on and, and, and giving us all those fascinating insights. Really appreciate that. Sophie as well, thank you so much. Good and the best of luck for the season ahead. I, I just wanted to kind of finish on on a, just a question and and as someone who is um, a male and doesn't have um, kids or anything like that, I'm just really interested and um, excited to understand about the kind of being a role model for, for young girls coming through the game and, and how important that is for you. Just any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's massive. It's obviously, I feel quite privileged to be able to be involved in it and sort of obviously in women's football, there isn't two, there isn't that many role models. But obviously, compared to men's football, there's like loads. So yeah, I'd say there's not as many. So to be one, it's it is it is nice. Um, and yeah, I think to have young girls or whatever like looking up and sort of wanting to wanting to play for Ipswich or wanting to be a part of it. Like you get fans, sort of young girls coming and watching and like wanting to have a picture or they just even just saying hello. Like it's just sort of really nice to be able to know that they sort of have chosen. They they've wanted to come and watch. And it's, yeah, it's just really nice to sort of, we're hoping that in the next 10 years that they'll be playing when we're hopefully at a better level than we are now. So, yeah, yeah. it's obviously really nice. Just just to piggyback that, I mean, we've, we've laid some great foundations in terms of our youth structure. So not only have we had a, a very successful WSL Academy squad that compete at the very top level of Academy women's football, um, you know, we've, we've formed an ACC um, you know, that goes all the way down to under 10s. So, you know, we want to inspire the next generation. We want those young girls coming with their parents to, to watch the team and enjoy the experience and go and turn around to their parents and say, I want to play football. I want to be a footballer. Uh, and then, you know, get involved and progress through the, these youth systems that we've put in place so that we can then create the next generation of tractor girls and, you know, and set ourselves up for the future. Because, you know, this is a, a long-term project where, you know, as I said, we want to be one of the biggest women's football teams in the country. And and you're not going to do that without inspiring the next generation. Love that. Again, as an armchair supporter, I can only say thank you and what pride I have in, in the way that um, you guys have spoken about the club. And I can just encourage everyone to get involved. So, Thank you once again. Any any final parting words apart from good luck and um, hope to see everyone at Felix though? Yeah, it'd be just amazing to see as many people down there as possible. I mean, ultimately, you know, for, for Ipswich Town fans, if you're you know a, a true Ipswich Town fan, you should want all aspects of club the, the club to do well from the men's first team, 23s, 18s, you know, foundation phase of the academy that are bringing through those young lads. You know, women's women's academy like. You know, we, we wear that badge with, with pride. You know, it means an awful lot to us. And, you know, we, 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 it's an honour to represent the club. And, yeah, it would be great to see that, that support coming down to Felixstowe on a Sunday. And, uh, yeah, that would be, you know, really help us going forward. Kieran, that's great. Thank you so much. Sophie, final word for you? Yeah, I'd just say, obviously, coming from a player, like, I don't know how much it means to have all the fans sort of watching. Um, so yeah I'd say just sort of come down because obviously from playing like when you've got all the fans sort of supporting you like it does push us so much and that's going to help us get a win on the second game of the season when it is so yeah It's
is the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.